You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be here? Today is day two. Praise God. We're making progress. We're making progress. Now it will be wise of you to get the messages. It will be wise of you not to just take notes, but to go back and look at those notes. You know, in every service, there are different categories of people. There are the associate preachers, the ones that preach along with the pastor. So when he says, in John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning they will complete it. They will have the healers. The healers are the ones that say, preach on, preacher. They might not know the scripture, but they like what you're saying. Then you have the secretaries, the note-taking ones, amen, that write down everything, the punctuations and everything that the man of God is talking about. Praise God. Then you have those that don't know why they are here. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> are we together? Then you have the last category, the sleepers. Glory to God. Those that came to sleep. Now I want you to decide where you're going to belong. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Every pastor will tell you that. I hope you didn't come to take a nap tonight. Glory to Jesus. I love Jesus. And the reason I can love him is because he first loved me. The understanding of God's word brings us to a place where we are not boasting about our love for God. We are boasting about his love for us. It is his love for us that gives us the ability to love him. In the old covenant and under the law, they were told that you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Are you understanding me? And nobody actually achieved that. Praise God. Are you with me? But now in the new covenant, you know when they told them to love with their heart, their might, one thing that the Lord does, it makes demands but never empowers you to fulfill it. Do you hear that? So it says, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your might, but it doesn't empower you to do so. Because the law was to bring every man to that place where he knows that he is helpless without God. Today we're not trying to love him with all our hearts, with all our might. No. We love him with the love wherewith he had loved us. Glory to God. Are we together? That love that he poured out in our hearts is the love we love him with. So I have the love of God. Say I have the love of God. Glory to God. Alright? And that makes a big difference. So lift your hand again and say I love you Jesus. Because you first loved me. 
You know, the, 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 there are different approaches people have used to reach people with the gospel. And some people have tried to scare people out of hell while Jesus wanted you to welcome people to heaven. Hallelujah. The tactics of scaring people out of hell show them hell and they don't want to go there. Is how some of you got saved. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So the reason why you are saved is because you are afraid to go to hell. But there's a higher reason to be saved. Glory to God. Are we together? Imagine someone that is married because they are afraid of something. Not because they are in love. Amen. Imagine someone that is married. The reason why he's in that marriage is because of his, because he's afraid of something. Rather than the reason why he should be married. Because he's in love. We are in love. Glory to God. God is in love with us. And we're in love with him. Glory to God. There's no better place to be. Amen. Are we together? Oh, a dear man said, he said, when I heard about grace, I knew that there was no better deal and I took it. Amen. Amen. That's why it's called good news. Everybody say good news. It's good news. It's good news. It's something you hear and you cannot resist it. Hey, the gospel is an offer you cannot refuse. Why? Because it's too good. <laughs> To be refused. I know that the mafia people tell you, I'll give you an offer you cannot refuse. That's threats. But this one is too good to refuse. And that's what we're swimming in. Amen. And enjoy. This is a feast of good things. Hallelujah. We're eating, feeding, drinking. This is how we get high. In the kingdom. Amen. We get high on God's word and on the spirits. So drink. And after this period, your system will never be the same. Your circumstances will conform to what you are hearing. Are you with me? Today I'm going to be kicking off from Malachi chapter 3. I'm just going to read one or two verses and we'll try to expound on that. You know, it's important to recognize that the Bible has a section referred to as the Old Testament and a section referred to as the New Testament. And um, most of the time, if that clarity is not there, salvation can be a struggle. Because you will be expressing salvation in a false light. Anybody that has not come to that place where the demarcation between the Old Testament and the New has not been established, if that demarcation is not established, then you will be expressing your salvation 
in a false light. Now what do I mean by false light? I don't know if you've ever been to a shop and they do that in this part of the country a lot. You know, there are the high-end boutiques and there are the ones that behave like their boutiques. You understand that? So the ones that behave like their boutiques, most of the time they have a colored light. Are you with me? They always have a colored light. It could be green, it could be red, it could be blue. You understand that? Inside the shop. So when you go in there, everything looks different from what it really is. So you intend to buy a light blue shirt, but because of the lights, a green shirt now looks light blue. So you pay. They bag it for you. It's when you go out of the shop and under true light, you now see what it really is. It is not what you bargained for. Am I communicating? So there are many people that are also looking at things not under the light of redemption. They are looking at things under the light of the law. Know that the law also was a light. But the Bible says that Jesus, in John 1, 9, is the true light. Meaning that there are types of lights pointing us to the original, authentic lights. That's who Jesus is. So, if you want to really see who God is, see Him through the true light. Amen. I believe that there have been governments in this country and around the world it was said that the previous administration had bad press in the sense that the administration was not represented well so maybe they were not as bad as they were made to be are you understanding me? but I don't know who has bad press more than God are we together? So even his children, some of God's children, don't even know how God really is or who he really looks like. Because they've heard about God from law and end. Are you hearing me? Law and end. And law and end will show you God as a consuming fire. Law and end will show you God as the mighty terrible one. But today you need to see God from Jesus. Jesus came to say, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. that come to me, I know why it's cast away. That's how my father is. So there's an old covenant and there's a new covenant. And it is important for us to understand that. In um, 2 Timothy 2.15 I'm coming to Malachi. It says there, it says study. 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 To show yourself approved 
unto God. That means this approval that you enjoy comes from understanding the covenants. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word of truth there is talking about that the covenant divided rightly. Understand where the old covenant stops and where the new covenant begins. Don't try to mingle them. Hallelujah. Don't try to mix them. Glory to God. Jesus spoke along those lines. He said, hey, you don't put new wine in old wine skin. If you try to do that, you will lose the new wine and you also lose the wine skin. And so when a believer tries to put the new covenant and package it in the old, he will lose both. Jesus came and stood to transit mankind from old to new. Not all of mankind, but to bring everyone into the new covenant. Because only the Jews were actually in the old. Amen. Hey, you were not in the old. I said you were not in the old. You were never in the old. <laughs> so I want to show you a prophecy of Malachi the prophet and what he said. And the title of a message comes from Malachi 3. In verse 1, he says in Malachi 3 1. Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. Or, Of course, you don't even need to read too far to know who he was talking about. Hallelujah. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in Behold, he shall come, said the Lord of hosts. Now, verse 1 still. You will see two things there. One is the person referred to as my messenger. The second is the one referred to as the messenger of the covenant. It was not talking about the same person. So this evening, I want to introduce you to Christ, the messenger of the covenant. So Malachi, understand the scriptures here. It was the last book of the old covenant. And here the prophet standing and looking ahead and speaking of the days to come. And he said, in those days to come, God was revealing to him, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. That's the ministry of John the Baptist. Hallelujah. So John the Baptist was the messenger that was to prepare the way before the messenger of the covenant himself. You could find that in Matthew's account, Mark's account, where he talked about John the Baptist. He said, are you the one? He said, no, I am the voice of the one 
crying in the wilderness, saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now, you find that this same scripture was quoted in Isaiah 40. And in Matthew's account, when they were talking about John the Baptist, they quoted Isaiah, not Malachi. So obviously, maybe Malachi would have been in Isaiah's services. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. But get where we're going to. In Malachi 3, he said, I will send my messenger before you. He will prepare the way. Do you know that this has already happened? Hello? You know, the biggest thing every believer should recognize is to know when you're reading the Old Testament what has happened and what is yet to happen. So that you are not in faith for something that has already happened. Most part of the law tells us the preparation and the promises that were to come. But in the New Testament, we are in the fulfillment of the promises. Amen. Are we together? Understand the difference. So here, when Malachi was speaking, the messenger had not been sent. But today, where we're sitting, the messenger has been sent. And he has prepared the way. And after preparing the way, the next thing he says, and the Lord whom ye seek. Everyone was looking forward to the coming Messiah. Remember when Jesus was brought into the temple, Simeon and Anna, all of them were waiting for that Messiah. Hallelujah. Even the, the wise men, glory to God, they came. The Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come into the temple. To his temple. He's the owner of the temple. Amen. He will come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Why was Jesus referred to as the messenger of the covenant? Lift your right and say, Christ is the messenger of the covenant. Oh, 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 oh. How do we know what he's talking about? Which covenant is he talking about? Before we start explaining what we mean by message of the covenant. Which covenant is he talking about? What covenant is he talking about? Oh, how we know the covenant is that in the time Malachi was speaking, there was already a covenant. Which is the old covenant. The Mosaic covenant. So this messenger is obviously bringing another covenant. Amen. Am I communicating? So he's the messenger of the, of a new covenant. Amen. And you know, the word translated messenger there is the same word translated as angel. And you know, the word angel, in, especially in the Hebrew context, was not only used for angelic beings, it was also used for people that were special emissaries for God. Hallelujah. Now, but it was referring to Christ... Why he referred to him as the messenger of the covenant is that he is the one that will deliver the covenants. He will be the covenant bearer. Hallelujah. Are we together? He will be the covenant bearer. That this covenant is coming. He's going to carry it. He's going to deliver it. Thank God he has delivered it. And all we're doing in church is to show men that the covenant has been delivered. And for people to enter into it and partake of it. That's the gospel. You know, sometimes people think about the gospel this way. They think about the gospel as an afterthought of God. 
And after God, I know I'll do this. No, no, no. The gospel is not an afterthought. It's the forethought of God. The gospel was the original thing on God's mind from the beginning. That's why even when Adam sinned, and then God spoke, and then he looked at the serpent, he said, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. He was already talking about Christ. Amen. Are we together? He was talking about Christ. That means the gospel was not an afterthought. The gospel of Christ was the forethought of God. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says Christ died or finished the work from the foundations of the earth. That's why the scripture says so. So when you hear people talk about the law, and they talk about the law like somebody somebody wants to spoil something that is so sacred, they, you know they don't understand what they're talking about. Listen to me. The law has been accomplished. The law, let me put it better, has expired. Everybody say expired. expired. Say it again. The law has expired. How did it expire? Christ came to announce the expiration of the law. Romans 10.4 Christ is the end of the law. When Christ showed up, the law ended. Romans chapter 10 verse 4. You could get that down. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. So the purpose of Christ's coming was for the law to come to an end. When Jesus came, he said, Matthew 5, 17, he said, think not that I've come to destroy the law and the prophets. I have come to fulfill it. Amen. Now, it's not just that you are not under the law. The law is no more operational. The law is no more operational. You didn't hear me. I said the law, you can't even be under it. The law is no more operational. How do we know that? Remember that it was God that instituted the law and the practices of the law from the beginning. He told them, he said, look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be the tabernacle or a tent or whatever. You're going to be the tabernacle. And this is what will happen. There will be an outer court. There will be a holy place. There will be the holy of holies. These are the sacrifices expected of you. This is how to carry it out. And then he chose a particular tribe, Levi. And he said, everyone that will serve in that tabernacle will have to come from this lineage. So, you had to be a Levite to be a priest. All Levites are not priests, but all priests are Levites. So, you had to come from the lineage of Levi for you to be a priest. And it was such an honor, because there were provisions specifically made for the Levites. They are not supposed to, if you're serving as a priest, you're supposed to be taken care of. When that happened, the priests were doing their job until Jesus came. Jesus did not come from the lineage of Levi. No, 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 no. He didn't come from that lineage. So that you will not say it's a continuity. Are you understanding me? So you will not say it's a continuity. No, 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 no. This is a new priesthood that is going to be established. A totally different priesthood from the one that existed. So when Jesus showed up, the Bible tells us that when he died on the cross... The day he died, 
The veil. Amen. Ever say the veil. You know, I know that there are even some churches that have a holy of holies where the pastor enters and comes out from to preach. I know that. So, thou had that veil, thick cutting, and only the high priest could enter once a year. Even the high priest cannot enter when he likes. And then the priest functioned within the holy place. When Jesus died, God by his hand tore the veil open. Meaning that you don't have to be outside again. Everybody should come in. Kaya Basaya. Are you understanding me? Everybody to come in means that every priest here has lost his job. They were sacked. Are you understanding me? Because now there is a new priesthood headed by Christ Jesus. He becomes our high priest and made you a priest. Cool. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. He made you a priest. You are a royal priesthood. Amen. He said, he has made us kings and priests unto God. He is the high priest and you have become a priest. What was the priest doing in the old covenant? He was offering sacrifices on behalf of the people to God. So he's mediating between people and God. The priest today is the soul winner and the intercessor. Are you understanding me? That's doing the same thing today. We are the priest. Without us, the world cannot be saved. And at the same time, we're called to serve in the sanctuary of God. Amen. Say, no, I'm born again, but you know, I cannot walk yet in the house of God because I've not been sanctified. No. The day you got born again, you were made a priest. Now, I just said to establish that. So, tell your neighbor, say, the the law has expired. (laughs) Say again, the law has expired. Now, you know when we say the law has expired, some of you might not understand what I'm saying. The demands of the law, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, has expired. Under the law, it was said that I will, the, 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 the totality of the law is, I will if you will. Did you hear me? That means God will do if you do. I will if you will. That's the law. But grace says, I will if thou shalt. Amen. Glory to God. Not I will if thou shalt. I will thou shalt. That means when you will, when he, what he has will, you do. Glory to God. He's not saying that you, without doing that thing, he will not will. He is will first. Glory to God. Christ is the messenger, hallelujah, of this covenant. What does that mean? You know that Moses was chosen of God as a prophet. And Moses was the one that brought the children of Israel into that covenant. That's why the, the covenant now is mostly known as the Mosaic Covenant. Are you understanding me? The Mosaic Covenant. is referred to as what? The Mosaic Covenant. The law. If you study the scriptures, maybe from somewhere like Exodus um, 19 or thereabout down to the 24th chapter of Exodus, you will find all that they went through because Moses had to bring them into the law. 
He said, he would talk to God, then he would talk to them. Then he would talk to God, then he would talk to them. Then he gathered all the elements of the covenant. You know, in the covenant, God told them what he wanted. God had said what he wanted. Moses said, okay. Then he went to tell the people, look at what God said. They say, yes, whatever God has said, we will do. He said, okay, you come. Then they brought animals together. They sacrificed those animals, took the blood of those animals. And then he poured that blood on the altar and sprinkled the blood on the people and sprinkled the blood on the book of the covenants. And then from that day, God and these people are in covenants. There can be no covenant without blood. Maybe tomorrow we'll touch on that. Without blood. Are you understanding me? So now, God and the nation of Israel have come into covenant. What is that covenant? The covenant is that humanity has entered into a partnership with deity. Are you with me? That's covenant. Humanity has entered into an agreement, a partnership with deity. That means that humanity can depend on the strength and the support of deity to carry out its functions. So, the Jewish people were the humans in the covenants. While God is deity in the covenants. And Moses was the one that brought them together. Now, Jesus is referred to as the messenger and the bearer of the covenants. For many reasons. Number one, because Jesus himself is the object of the covenants. What do we mean? He's the recipient of the covenants. What do we mean? When God decided to do or establish the new covenants, he didn't say, I will enter into a covenant with all of mankind directly. No. He wanted a covenant that will never fail. Amen. So, if you read the scriptures carefully, maybe I should just give you Galatians 3.16. In Galatians the third chapter verse 16, it tells us that the covenant was entered into with one person. Hallelujah. Now to Abraham and his seed, not seeds, were the promises made. Amen. Now it means this promise that God made in new covenant, he made it to Abraham's seed. Am I communicating? And he said not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, unto thy seed, which is Christ. That means that all the promises God made, what he swore. Now, let me go back a bit. In the old covenant, God told them what he expected. And also told them what he has promised them. You read that up to, uh, across four or five chapters. And then he told them what he promised. And then them on this side said, we will do. Then they signed the deal with blood. Are you understanding me? On the side of the new covenant, God again has demands. But, and then he has promises. But the demands, he made it on Jesus. And the promises, he made it to Jesus. Oh. So Jesus is the recipient of this new covenant. Are we together? He's the one that received it. He's the one that entered into it. That means that when God wanted to enter into a covenant with man, Jesus stood to represent humanity. Amen. Are you understanding me? So humanity and deity entered into a covenant. But the part that stood for humanity was Jesus. Amen. You know, Jesus doubles both as son of God and son of man. Hallelujah. Are we together? And that's what the Bible says. He became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The reason he had to become flesh was so that he could represent fully humanity in the covenants. Now, I want you to see why the covenant cannot fail. Are we together? How and why you are secure in the covenants. Because the bearer, the deliverer, the establisher, the proclaimer, the protector of the covenant is Jesus. 
The Bible refers to him as the shorty. Hebrews 7.22 The guarantor. The guarantee of the covenant. So, um, how we show you? What if something goes wrong? What Jesus said, I'm the guarantee. Amen. Some of you behave like you are the guarantor of the covenant. No, Jesus is. Amen. Glory to God. Are we together? Can I continue? Should I come lower? Because as I'm touching something, some of you are doing like you're getting off. Are you with me? Should I continue? So Jesus is the recipient of the covenant. Say it, he's the recipient of the covenant. In essence, what I'm saying is that God did not enter any covenant with you. Amen. He entered into covenant with Jesus. And Jesus brought you into the covenant. Amen. Glory to God. Are we together? Say it again. Say, Jesus brought me into the covenant. Say, Jesus brought me into the covenant. Glory to God. Now, um, most times when we talk along these lines, a lot of people, it's good for you to embrace that. That means a lot. That the covenant was made with Jesus. And then you, believing in Jesus, were brought into the same covenant. Hallelujah. Are we together? That means that this thing had nothing to do with what you would do or not do. Amen. Am I communicating? There are some things I'm going to say, but I need the foundation to be laid so that you can follow me and not get lost along the way. Glory to Jesus. So Jesus is the bearer, the deliverer, the sustainer of the covenant. The scripture tells us something powerful in John 1.17. It said, um, the law was given by Moses. Amen. Is that what the scripture said? Now it's telling you that what Moses did with the law is what Jesus did with grace and truth. Amen. So he said, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, if you look through the Bible, this new covenant that Jesus delivered was called several names. Amen. In John 1.17, we're seeing one of the names. It was called grace and truth. Amen. So it's the covenant of grace and truth. Praise God. It's also called the new covenant. We know it's called the new covenant because even Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31 spoke about it. He said, behold, I will come into a new covenant. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. That means that by saying he will make a new one, it means that he has made the other one old. We used to say it this way. If I say, I won't say anyway. If you say, meet my new wife. Amen. Amen. What does he mean? <laughs> Amen. What does he mean? The other one has gone. It's expired. Are you understanding me? Alright? Meet my new... Huh? You know, someone can just take the tape out of context now. See, the title of the message, Meet Pastor TV's new wife. And it will sell. Are you understanding me? <laughs> you like bad news. <laughs> I said it. I said it. What did you say? It. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Some of you know that's the one you're writing. You were not writing since now you're writing. What are you writing? <laughs> so the covenant is called the new covenant. It's called grace and truth. 
It's called the word of truth. There are several names for this new covenant that Jesus delivered. You know, Paul was speaking and he called it, he said, he called it the ministration of righteousness. Then he called the law the ministration of condemnation. He called the law the ministration of death. He called this covenant you are in the ministration of righteousness. That means that this new covenant that Jesus delivered is a ministry of righteousness. It's a ministry of the spirits. In Galatians, the fifth chapter there about, Paul was writing, he said, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He called the law the yoke of bondage. Then he called the new covenant liberty. Even James, the beloved, James, James, in the book of James, referred to the covenant as the perfect law of liberty. Meaning that it's a liberating law that you don't need to add anything to it. I'm telling you all the different names of the new covenant. Amen. That you are part of. Every name it was called points a characteristic of the covenant. Are you understanding me? It's called grace and truth. It tells you what it is. And all through the Bible, there are typologies. Amen. Showing us the covenants. The two covenants. Are we together? Are we together? Throughout the Bible. Peter talked about the new covenant. You know what they called it? This present truth. Meaning there was an, a past truth. Amen. He, he, that means he was referring to the law as the past truth. He called it this present truth. That means it's the current thing. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Now, I, I mentioned something. Let me just maybe throw some light on some of the typologies so to help you understand this. You see, all through the Bible, you will find that in one way or the other, you see a type of Christ or you see a type of the covenants displayed all through from the Old Testament to the New because the difference, see, the Old Testament has the New Testament hidden within it. Amen. In essence, you could say it this way, that the New Testament is enfolded in the Old. Amen. Hello? Then, the Old Testament is unfolded in the New. Amen. So, if you look closely at the old, you will see the new in types and shadows from the beginning. In the garden, there were two trees. The tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. He said, eat of every tree. Don't eat this one. Hello? When you eat knowledge of good and evil, you become self-conscious. You didn't hear me. He didn't stop them from eating the tree of life. 
But they ate the one he said they shouldn't eat. Today, the same thing is happening to believers. He has said, eat the grace message. Eat righteousness. Eat the new covenant. You are still eating the law. When you finish eating, you discover you are naked. You discover you are full of sin. Amen. That's the only thing you will discover. Are you understanding me? So, we see those two trees as symbolic of the old and the new covenant. You go further and you meet Abraham. He had two women. We're told in Galatians 4 that Hagar is symbolic of the law. Amen. Of the first covenant. While Sarah is some symbolic of the new covenant. He called them two covenants. That this Hagar is like the covenant at Sinai. While Sarah is as the covenant of Mount Zion. Are we together? Now you know a lot of people are still like Agar. What comes out of Agar is an Ishmael. The promise always will come out of the new covenant. Amen. It's Isaac. The Bible says as Isaac was, so are we. Amen. We are the products of that new covenant. We see typologies. Also, in the story you refer to as the prodigal son, there's a loving father, but he has two, two sons. One is very conscious of how he has labored for his father, while the other one is inheritance conscious. Law and grace. Amen. It takes someone that is feeding on the word of his grace to make a demand on the inheritance. So the younger son came and said, give me what belongs to me. Because he knows his place in with his father. That's what the message of the new covenant does to you. It makes you know your place with your father. It makes you demand for your inheritance. And always, always, those that are under or still operating the old covenant always have beef with those in the new covenant. What did the older son say? Me that was here with you, I've been serving the Lord since. God could not even give me little goods. You know, <laughs> that's the scripture. He said, even a little goat you didn't give to me. But this my brother that strayed and came back, you gave him a ring, gave him a new robe and killed a lamb for him to eat. That's what those that have understood who they are in Christ enjoy. They enjoy the new robe. They enjoy authority which is symbolic of the ring and they keep feasting. Amen. All through their life. While those on the other side are always complaining. They're always complaining and always looking for I told you how to spot someone that is still infected by the law. Amen. They're always looking for reasons why that guy does not qualify. Amen. How come? Two of us, ah, I got born again since. He just came for one service. God feed the Holy Ghost. Why? Me, I've been tarrying. You are seeing something. Amen. I can go on and on showing you symbolisms of the law 
and grace. Of the old covenant and the new covenant. Littered throughout the scriptures. Or should we come to Mary and Martha? Jesus came to their house. Now if you read the scriptures, the house belongs to Martha actually. But the Bible says that Martha was combat about many things. When you are involved in the Lord, there are so many things to do. You need to do this. You need to fast. You need to do that. You need to do that. She was combat about many things. Mary sat at Jesus' feet to hear his word. Are you with me? So when you embrace the new covenant, you sit at his feet. That's what you are doing now. Amen. To hear his word. Because you know that it's the hearing that changes your life. It's not the doing. Amen. Are we together? Is the hearing, is the hearing, is the hearing that changes your life. What about the two mountains? Mount Sinai. The place of the law. And Mount Zion. They were all invited to Mount Sinai. When they came, they saw lightnings and thunder. Even Moses himself said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Even Moses himself. Ah, the way God is doing, that's not how God does when we talk. Oh. What's the problem? And he came on that mount. They said, that mount that burned with fire, with darkness and blackness and tempests. He said, even if a beast approached it, it was... You either strike it with a that or it was stoned to death. He said, but that's not the mountain you have been called to. When you got born again, you came to Mount Zion. Hebrews 12, 22. You, you came to Mount Zion. Alright? You came to Mount Zion. He called that Mount Zion is a city. The city of the living God. He called it the heavenly Jerusalem. I mean, it's God's capital city. God's capital city. Then you didn't come to, you are not, you are no more around demonic activity. You have entered a mist of angelic host. You have come to an innumerable company of angels. That's what the new covenant brought you into. You are no more oppressed and pressed by demons. You are now being served by angels. Are we together? You have come to an innumerable company of angels. Next verse. In our says to Jesus, the mediator, the bringer, the deliverer of this new covenant. You came to Jesus. You came to blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of evil. Amen. You came to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Amen. You came to God, the judge of all. The spirit of just men made perfect. He's telling you what you've come into. Now, listen to me. He's not saying you will come. You have already come. You are in it. That's where you function. Listen, now, when you read these things, it makes you understand, okay, so I have a company of angels around me. Yes, because you are in the city of God. Listen. The law always looks for a way to exclude you. Grace always looks for a way to include you. The law, because of that, always says if. Once it says if, it's dropping some people. But in the side of grace, it says whosoever. It means inviting everyone. Are you seeing it? There's a difference. It never ceases to amaze me 
how some people are trying to be included in what they are excluded from. And then they are trying to be excluded from what they are included in. Did you hear me? The law has excluded you. You want to be included in the law. No, no, no. I'm going to, the Bible says we should not wear linen and cutting together. So um, you want to include yourself in what you have been excluded from. Thou shalt not wear that which pertains unto the, a, a woman. You want to include yourself in what you've been excluded from. Then he now tells you, hey, 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 your sins and iniquities I'll remember again no more. That's the one you are included in. You are not trying to exclude yourself from that one. Amen. Did you get what I'm sharing with you? So, a lot of people out of ignorance are trying to include themselves in what they've been excluded from and are trying to exclude themselves from what they've been included into. I have come to Mount Zion. Say, I've come to Mount Zion. I'm not on my way. I am in Zion. You know, there's some songs we sing sometimes. You know, say, we are going to Jordan or something like that. You know, oh, all the days of Bethel. The days of, you know. Now, if it is symbolic of something in the New Testament, fine. But let me explain something to you. Uh, a scripture will capture it better. Um, the 8th, 7th Psalm, Psalm, verse 1. Look at it. 8th, 7th, verse 1. It says there, Psalm 87, verse 1. Let, um, I'm looking for, yeah, next. Go down. Good. Two. The Lord, let's read together. I want to go. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion. Now, where are you? More than what? All the dwelling places. That means God loves where He is now with you. More than He loved Bethel and Jordan and Jericho. Are you understanding me? All the dwelling place of Jacob cannot be compared with Zion. So celebrate Zion. I said celebrate Zion. Celebrate Zion. Glory to God. Thank you Lord Jesus. Should I go further? Jesus is the mediator of the covenants. He is the messenger of the covenants. He is the deliverer of the covenants. He is the source and the substance of the covenants. Jesus came to establish and to proclaim it. Today is one of these I promise we'll close early, right? I'm trying to do justice to Malachi 3. I just scratched the surface. But, if you look through the scriptures, you find that God is interested in you and I understanding the covenant that we were brought into. Are you with me? He wants us to be covenant conscious that we've been brought into something that cannot fail. Amen. It is not dependent on us. I'll just show you two scriptures and then if I have time, we'll, we'll still do justice to Malachi 3. Now, this old covenant, or sorry, the new covenant was spoken about in the Old Testament. 
As a matter of fact, this Peter was speaking about it. He said, This prophet prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. That grace has come. Amen. Amen. That even angels desire to look into these things. You mean God was going to do this? As a point, the Bible says, Angels were in a discussion and they said, What is man that you are so mindful of him? So, Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah prophesied about the new covenant. Ezekiel also prophesied about the new covenant. And I want to just show you some elements, some of the things that were embedded in that covenant. In Jeremiah 31, maybe we'll start from verse 31. For sake of time. It says, Behold, the days come. Thank God those days are, are here. Amen. Say the days are here. Said the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house. Now he called it a new covenant. Everybody says a new covenant. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Next verse. Then he says, not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers. That means to be different. In the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, said the Lord. Verse 33. But this shall be the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, look at what will happen. I will no more write these laws on tablets of stone for them. In this new covenant, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. That has already happened the day you got born again. Lift your right hand and say, He has written His law in my inward parts. He has written it in my heart. Glory to God. Alright, so he said, I will write my law in their inward parts. And I will write it in their hearts. That has been done. This is the benefit of the new covenant. Hallelujah. That means that within you, you know what is right. Are you understanding me? The day you got born again, your conscience came alive. It was purged of sin and death. It came alive. Verse 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me. Say, I know him. Say, I know him. From the least of them unto the them, saith the Lord. For I, let's read the last part together. I want to go. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Hey, hey, hey. Don't embrace the covenant and leave out the big one. Amen. In the new covenant, he will forgive their iniquity and he will remember their sin no more. Who was he talking about? Amen. You're not behaving like someone that God is not remembering your sin. You know, in the under the law, sin, <laughs> there's what they call carryover. Carryover in school came from the law. Are you understanding me? It came from the law. The concept of carryover came from the law. Amen. It means that nothing, no, 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 nothing like that. It will not just go. If you fail, <laughs> you will pay. Are you understanding me? So, they wait for you next year, you come again. Then they wait for you next year, you come again. Now, the Bible says, even to the fourth generation, I will visit. So, sin used to hang and wait for the next generation. It lands. 
He went for a next generation. He lands. Are you understanding me? That was the old covenant. It was, that was packaged in the old covenant. In the new, there's nothing like that. In the new, he said, your sin, I will remember no more. That means there's nothing hanging over your head to happen next year. Are you hearing me? You didn't hear me well. I said there's nothing hanging over your head to happen to you next year. There's nothing that you did before that is waiting to happen to you this year. That's the covenant. One more sign do so that it will not happen to me. There's nothing to do. Believe in the covenant. I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. Lift your hand and say it again. My, he has forgiven my iniquity. He remembers my sin no more. Say louder. He has forgiven my iniquity. He remembers my sin no more. Glory to Jesus. I thought you would celebrate that. The reason why your sin is not remembered is not because God now has amnesia. No. It's because the sin has been punished. Are we together? It's not because God has amnesia. No. See, in the Old Testament, you can find that in Leviticus 16. On the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, they normally, the priest would bring two goats. One is the sin offering, and the other is the scapegoat. Give me Leviticus 16, I'll read 8, yeah, I'll read 10, and I'm going to read 26 or so. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats. Amen. All ye good eaters. Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats. That means when the two goats come, you don't know which one you're going to use for which. But two will go, but which one is going to be for the sin offering? And which one? So what they're trying to pick is which one will be the sin offering and which one will be the scapegoat. The two serve different purposes. And I say one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. Then. But the goat on which the Lord fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive. Did you see that? It shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Did you see that? That's scapegoats. While the sin offering, they will sacrifice it. That's the one they will kill. You alright? Alright? Share the blood. But the scapegoats will not be killed. Get it? Get it? Say the scapegoats will not be killed. But the sin offering will be killed. Now, Jesus was both your sin offering and your scapegoats. But because 
He's bought your sin offering and the scapegoat. He had to first carry out the function and the role of the scapegoat. And he carried it out the moment he came. Before he fulfilled ministry. The first thing, when he got filled with the Spirit, the Bible says, the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. In Leviticus, a man has to carry the scapegoat by force. Drive it into the wilderness. When he comes back, he has to wash everything, clean himself. Are you understanding me? Now, for this sin, any man that carries the scapegoat cannot come back pure. So it had to be a Holy Spirit to carry the scapegoat and drop him in the wilderness. Remember, he has to be presented alive. And so Jesus was presented alive in the wilderness as the scapegoat. Then at the end of his ministry, he came as the sin offering. Are you getting a picture here? So when we tell you that Jesus is the, the basis of this covenant. He's the basis of the covenant. He's not just the object or the recipient of God. He, the covenant is based on his blood. The Bible, that's what the Bible talk, 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 talk about the blood of, his, of the covenant. His blood was the blood of the covenant. In the old covenant they used animal blood. In the new it was the blood of Jesus. That's why he was referred to as the Lamb of God. Amen. John one twenty nine. That taketh away. Amen. The sin of the world. Your sin has been taken away. Now I explain this to you because I want you to know why your sin will remember. He will remember no more. Amen. Because the sin offering had been made on your behalf. And the scapegoat has run through the wilderness on your behalf. Amen. Are you with me? Say my sins are forgiven. Say again my sins are forgiven. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So Jesus is the basis of this covenant. Remember we're just trying to explain to you how Christ is the messenger of the covenant. Hebrews refer to it as the mediator of the covenant. Which is established upon better promises. At least you saw two scriptures. Maybe I should show it to you. One is Hebrews 8 verse 6. We read one in Hebrews um, 12. Hebrews 8. Good. But now had he, Jesus, obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is. What? The mediator of what? A better covenant. Listen to me. This scripture is establishing that the covenant you are in is better than the covenant Moses brought. Because it's established upon better promises. I always explain this. Better. What does better mean? A thousand naira note is better than a five hundred naira note. A hundred dollar bill is better than a fifty dollar bill. Why is it better? The hundred dollar bill has everything the fifty dollar bill has and more. That means this covenant, which is a better covenant, has everything the old covenant has and more. Every good thing the old covenant has, it has it and more. It has what the old covenant did not have. It had forgiveness of sin. 
It had where it said, Blessed is he whom the Lord will not impute sin. That was not in the old covenant. It was in the new. It had the indwelling of the spirit. Nobody in the old covenant had the indwelling of the spirit. Only the new glory to God. It had eternal life. Nobody in the old covenant had eternal life. Only the new had eternal life. No one in the old covenant had authority over Satan. In the new, we have authority over Satan. In the old covenant, anybody that came in contact with Satan, we say, the Lord rebuke you. But in the new, we say, I resist you in the name of Jesus. Are you seeing the difference? Thank God you are part of the old. You are not part of the old, sorry. Thank God you are part of the new. You know, the challenge a lot of people have is that, you know, there, there are three kinds of believers, three categories of believers. There are those that are fully into the law and those that are fully into the new covenant. And then there are the ones in the middle that are partly, partly law, old and new. Amen. This side is old. This side is new. Amen. Oh, a man said something. He said, what a frustration it is to mix. I, I, anytime I talk along covenant, I always tell this story. And so I'll tell you the story. I was traveling. I traveled to Abuja some years ago. And um, so I was in a hotel. And then a man um, got into discussion with me. Hello, hi, kind of talk, you know, where are you from? Well, I came in from Port Harcourt. You, where did you come from? Oh, he said, well, I, I, I live here, but I used to live in Port Harcourt. Oh, Port Harcourt. He said, yeah. Then I said, no, when he said I was happy, I've seen someone around here that knows Port Harcourt. But while we were talking, he made a statement. He said, I hope Port Harcourt has now developed. So I said, well, yeah, it, it, it keeps improving as, you know, it might not be as fast as it should be, but you know, he now said, you know, you know, now I live in Abuja, I look back and I wonder how a place that has all the oil and all that is still so backward as, as Port Harcourt is, you know. So I thought he was comparing with Abuja, alright? Then he now said, how can there be a city like that that does not have traffic lights? So I said, at the point, he said, how can, when he turned, I said, no. But that has traffic lights. He said, no, it doesn't have. I said, there's even a junction called traffic lights. And that place was built maybe in the 80s. Are you understanding me? He says, has traffic lights. And I said, he doesn't know that place. I said, you don't know traffic lights. He said, no. I said, it's close to um, the area they call D-Line. He said, he doesn't know D-Line. I said, you don't know D-Line. That's if you're coming from GRA. He said, he doesn't know GRA. I said, okay. Oh, maybe if you're coming from um, the town or Borukri, he said, he doesn't know that place. So I said, mentioning different places in Port Harcourt. And I said, GRA is where presidential hotel, I was talking about landmarks. Presidential hotel is. He said, he doesn't know presidential hotel. <laughs> that got me concerned. And I said, hey, what part of Port Harcourt were you living in? Some of you that are laughing, this message is for you. I said, what part of Port Harcourt are you living in? He said, um, Obibo. Now, what, what, what really 
He, he actually told me, he said, no, I live in Portland. I've been there for seven years. So he said, oh, Bibo. I don't know. I was just angry. I asked him, have you been to Room Mercy? He said, no. Do you know LMA Junction? He said, no. I said, you've never been to Port Harcourt. You were near Port Harcourt. You did not enter Port Harcourt. I said, see, don't ever in your life tell somebody you went to Port Harcourt because you are misrepresenting Port Harcourt. That's how a lot of people are misrepresenting the covenants. They've never been in the new. Amen. They were always in the old. And describing what they're experiencing in the old. Say, eh, eh, I know I'm born again, but demons are pressing me. You know, you know, sometimes you'll be experiencing wilderness experience. Sometimes you'll be going through some things. Sometimes you pray. God might say no. You understand that kind of thing. All that they're describing is the old covenant. They've never entered the new. They've never entered the new. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. There's nobody that tasted a new covenant and complained that it was not sweet. Amen. Glory to God. You know, in the world, they talk about, they say, tell him the bitter truth. No, the gospel is a sweet truth. It's a sweet truth. It's a sweet truth. It's not a bitter truth. Glory to God. Are we together? Hey, and that's what we've come into. That's what we have. I'm in the new covenant. I'm not in no people. I'm in the new covenant. Because if anybody is in a new covenant, there are some things that we know. If anybody's in Port Harcourt, he will know presidential hotel. If you're in the new covenant, you will know healing belongs to you. If you're in the new covenant, you will know your sins are forgiven. If you're in the new covenant, you will know you have authority over Satan. You will know that your path is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter. You know that God loves you with an undying and unfailing love. You know that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Those are the landmarks of the new covenant. Those are the landmarks of the new covenant. If you stroll around the covenant, you stroll around Mount Zion, you will see the company of angels. You go further to the junction, you will see forgiveness of sin. You go further down, you will see inheritance. Hey, inheritance that belongs to you. There's a boulevard. It's called Health. Health Boulevard. It's in the city of Zion. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a place called prosperity. Glory to God. A place of wealth. It's in Mount Zion. It's in the city we live in. Amen. In this city that we live in. Glory to God. Our lives are going upward and forward. It is glory to glory. <laughs> in this city we don't weep. We sing. Are you with me? In this city, the Lord has prepared before us a table. Amen. In this city, the Lord is our shepherd. And we, we have no wants. We have no want. In this city, He makes us lie in green pastures. He restores, refreshes our soul. There is no depression. There is no depression in this city. He said, the inhabitants of Zion shall not say, I am sick. That's where I live. Say, that's where I live. Say, I'm in Zion. I'm in the new covenant. Glory to Jesus. I'm in the new covenant. Hi. Hallelujah. I'm thinking whether 
I've not scratched Malachi 3. Amen. I just talked a little to introduce it. But you know, I'm giving you all the time so that when I take it, you will not complain. Amen. So I gave you time yesterday, right? Calculate it. <laughs> there will be a day. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now let me tell you something. This is the spiritual blessing of this covenant. Is that through words, empowerment happens. That as you are sitting and I'm sharing, I don't have to be talking about, talking about a particular thing. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The topic does not have to be righteousness. As long as I'm talking about what Jesus did, righteousness, I will explain what the righteousness means there in that context. Righteousness is being unveiled and unleashed on people. What's righteousness? It is the rightness of God that corrects every wrong in your spirits, that corrects every wrong in your body, that corrects every wrong in your thinking. It's the rightness of God that is striking your spirit as I'm speaking. That's why as I'm talking, healing is taking place in your body. Are you understanding me? Because in the gospel, the righteousness of God is being revealed. He said, this gospel, this thing I'm talking, is the power. No, no, it's not that it carries, no, it is the power. Are you hearing me? It is the power. So you have been hearing power. You have been receiving power. Dunamis has entered your spirits. The Greek word for power is dunamis. Dunamis has entered your body. Dunamis has entered your circumstances. It has entered your situation. And change will surely take place. That's why somebody will tell you, Oh, when I start coming to this church, they didn't even pray for me. I was just sitting there sitting there. I just discovered that ah, that thing in my body has gone. Why? Every day you sit down and hear the gospel. You are receiving healing. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? Why do you think people gather to hear Jesus? The Bible said they came to hear and to be healed. They came to hear and to be healed. In the hearing, every solution came through their hearing. So as you're hearing me, you're getting out of death. As you're hearing me, the power of God is being released and is lifting you out of the money that you owe. Are you getting me? You see that the same flood that flooded a nation was what Noah was riding on in his books. So the flood of recession that has come upon this country will be what will make you ride on it. You will ride on it. You'll be, you'll be floating on the recession. The recession becomes your blessing. <laughs> no, 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 you don't understand that. It becomes your opportunity. Say I'm in the new covenant. And Jesus Christ is the messenger of this covenant. He has delivered the covenant. And I have entered into it. I'm a partaker of this covenant. Glory to God. Remember that the covenant is not dependent on you. No. It's dependent solely on Jesus. It is his covenant that he brought you into. He's the one that signed. Are you understanding me? He's the one that signed. That means that if something goes wrong, he's the one that will arrest. Not you. You are just in the house of the one that signed the covenant. 
Are you understanding me? That's what happened. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Bow your heads everywhere. If you're here, you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message I made around the world.